Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. So good to have you with us and those of you that are watching online. You don't need to answer this out loud, but I wonder how you're doing. You know when people say how you're doing, you, you always say good. But how are you really doing? Because in a room of this size and those watching online, there'll be many people that are going through a season of pain, a season of suffering. And I pray that today you're going to understand how much Jesus really understands and really cares about your life and what you're going through. So why don't we take a moment and pray together. Jesus, I want to thank you that you see the heart of every person listening to me here in the room, there online, or on a podcast somewhere, that you love them and you care so deeply. So I pray through this message you will speak to people, you'll minister to people, that today would be a life-changing day in their lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone who heard me, heard me, heard me, hears me, said, Amen. Amen. So good to have you with us. Now, last week, I realize a lot of you knew you weren't here, but last week, Pastor John preached a brilliant message on Palm Sunday. He told the story of how Jesus went around doing good, helping people, healing people, loving people. And after three years of doing that, he walked into Jerusalem. And the crowds knew who he was. They loved him and they waved palm branches. They welcomed him. They believed he was their king. And the title of Pastor John's message was, The King is Coming. But five days later, how many know life can change very quickly? Five days later, Jesus finds himself being arrested by the Jews, found guilty, and passed on to a cruel, brutal Roman oppressor called Pilate. And Jesus is on trial. But Pilate can't find anything wrong with Jesus. And so he turns to the crowd and he says, what would you like me to do with him? And they say, crucify him. And Pilate is like, but I can't find anything wrong with him. And yet again, they say, crucify him. Now think about that. Five days earlier, they welcomed him. But now they said, crucify him. So they took him away. In verse 16 of Mark's gospel, it says, Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium. They gathered the whole garrison. They were a brutal bunch. They clothed him with purple and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute and mock him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him. Bowing the knee, they worshipped him. 
When they'd mocked him, they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. The king has come, but now they want the king to die. What is amazing about this story is that years earlier, when Jesus was doing the miracles and they were all saying how amazing he was, he said, boys, come in, huddle up. He said, don't get too carried away here because soon here's what they're going to do. They're going to take me and they're going to crucify me. That was in Mark chapter 8. But the disciples weren't the sharpest tools in the shed, and so he repeats it in Mark chapter 9. The exact same thing. Don't get carried away, boys. They're going to kill me. And it says they still don't understand. So finally, the next chapter, Mark 10, says Jesus took the 12 aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen. King knew he was going to die. He said, Behold, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. The king has come, but the king is choosing to die why why would you do that I mean we've all been through moments of pain and suffering haven't we especially if you're an Ipswich fan (laughs) we've all been through seasons where loved ones have been hurt I remember when I was a young boy and I saw my my mom I was I was just in the house and I heard this crash and I went upstairs and she'd fallen down a flight of stairs. And I knew it was serious because she already had a serious back condition. And I waited with her till the ambulance arrived and they took her into hospital and operated on her and severed her spinal cord. They said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Morstan, you'll never walk again. I'd walk past her bath her bedroom at night and I would hear her crying with the pain of a single sheet on her back. I mean, pain and suffering is no fun. We live in a fallen world where all of us experience pain and suffering and it's especially difficult when it's those we love. When my daughter Mercy was eight, she's 18 now, When she was eight, we lived in Queensland in Australia and she went through this little phase. You know how kids go through phases. Nick, you know, you know, James Cowles like goes through phases. So a lot of them. And uh, she went through a phase of doing cartwheels. And she was really good at them. And she could do them really quick. You know, cartwheels, would you like me to do one? That would only produce pain and suffering. I'm not going to do it. But she would do these really fast cartwheels and we'd say, Mercy, be careful. If you hit something, you're going to hurt yourself. And sure enough, one day, she does a cartwheel and we hear this bang. And then she screams because her her foot had hit this metal door screen. And so I took her into hospital, Logan Hospital in Queensland, 
got a picture of her lying about to be x-rayed and after the x-ray the doctors came round and said I'm sorry she's broken her toe and there's only one way to fix it we're going to have to break it again I don't know whether you've ever been through something like that but I remember as they were preparing my daughter who I love so much at that point just an eight-year-old girl who looked so vulnerable they gave her meds, they gave her gas and air, but I knew when they snapped those bones, it was going to hurt her. For the first time in my life, I experienced something, something really powerful. Everything within me wanted to jump onto that hospital bed. I wanted to take her place, take the pain, take the punishment. Why did Jesus come to this earth? He came to take your place. He came to take your place. He came to take your punishment. That's why Jesus came. We pick up the story in Mark 15, 22. It says, and they brought him to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull, a place of death. There they gave him wine, mingled with myrrh, to drink it. But Jesus wouldn't take it. See, each of us, what we tend to do is we try and mask our pain. We try and medicate our pain. But Jesus never did. Because this king came to die. It says it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation, in other words, the crime he was accused of, was placed above him, the king of the Jews. And then the chief priests. I mean, these are religious people. You'd have thought they would have had a heart. Imagine a man being crucified and the religious leaders of the day, they come and they mock him. Said, if you're the Christ, if you're the King of Israel, come down from the cross. And friend, Jesus could have. He could have at any moment. But he chose to die. And then something quite remarkable happens. It says in verse 33, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Can you imagine that moment? I mean, from the sixth to the ninth hour, this was 12 till 3. This was the middle of the day. And maybe you're thinking, well, maybe that was a natural event. Maybe it was like an eclipse. But an eclipse only ever happens for a few minutes. This wasn't a natural darkness. This was a supernatural darkness. And if you knew to the Bible, whenever darkness descends in the Bible, it always speaks of God's 
displeasure, God's judgment. But who is God judging? Verse 34, it says at the ninth hour, Jesus cries out with a loud voice, seeing Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He doesn't say, my friends, my friends. He doesn't say, my pain, my pain. In his darkest hour, he says, my God, my God. It's personal because he's speaking to his father. Some of you, if you don't like what I'm preaching and at the end of the service, you come up and you say, well, I didn't really like that. So I hope I never see you again. I wouldn't like it. It would hurt. My wife's sitting over there. We celebrated 30 years of marriage this week. If she came to me and said, I never want to see you again, it would hurt a lot more. The longer the love, the deeper the love, the more painful it is. God the Father had loved Jesus the Son for all eternity with a perfect love. And for the first time, the darkness descends because Jesus chooses to be forsaken and abandoned by his Father, like some of you have. See, Jesus understands. He knows. He chose to take our darkness upon himself. Jesus climbed into the hospital bed. And he took our pain. And then in Mark 15, verse 37, it says, And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, and he breathed his last breath. The king has come, but the king is dead. Then there's another amazing detail. It says, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and he breathed his last. And it says this, then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Some of you are thinking, what does that mean? Maybe it's some of you watching online. The temple was the place where you went to meet God. And God dwelt in a specific part of that temple building called the Holy of Holies. It was filled with his light and his presence. But the only person that could go in there was the holiest person in the whole nation called the high priest. And it was only on the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, or the day of atonement, the day of at one Only the holiest person on the holiest day of the year could go into the holy of holies. But it wasn't for ordinary people like you and me, sinful people. And what separated us from the holy of holies was a great curtain. It was high and it was thick. And that curtain served as a barrier between people like me and you 
and God. But at the moment when Jesus died, something incredible happened. The Bible says that that curtain was ripped, not from bottom to top, because we could have done that. It was ripped from top to bottom because only God can do that. And God said, I've seen the sacrifice. I've seen the perfect sacrifice. So from now on, you don't need to make any other sacrifice. He says, I don't care what you have done. Because now it's all about what he has done for you. And so now, friend, the way to God is open. We can walk from darkness into his light because of what Jesus did when he took away that barrier. What an incredible day, but there's one more thing. The first person to walk into the presence of God is not a religious person wasn't a good person. We pick up the story, it says, there was a centurion who stood opposite Jesus. When he saw that Jesus cried out like this and breathed his last breath, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. A centurion not just a burly soldier, but a very successful burly soldier, battle-hardened, a Roman oppressor whose only job was to ensure and enforce the murder of Jesus. And yet something happens in that moment. Why would a murderer suddenly believe it's not like he hadn't seen people die. He'd killed people many times with his own hands. But there's something about Jesus' death. When he hears his cry, when he sees up close and personal the greatest act of love, the greatest act of sacrifice, that this world has ever witnessed. He hears Jesus cry. And he says, truly, this is the Son of God. He moves from a murderer to becoming a believer. Friend, when you see or when you experience Suffering. It may seem senseless at first, like I used to feel when I saw my mom's pain. But the cross tells us what suffering isn't. It isn't that God has abandoned you because Jesus was forsaken and abandoned for you. It isn't that he doesn't love you because he loves you so much that he died in your place. The cross tells us that not only does he love you, 
but he understands what it means to go through pain and suffering. Friend, he did it for you. We sing a beautiful song in our church. We're all gonna stand and sing it together. Cue. Even if you're at home watching online, you can stand too. The reason I chose this song is this first verse expresses exactly what I just talked about, what happened that day. So even if you've sung this song before, on this Good Friday, I want you to sing it afresh as a love song and a thank you to Jesus. So let's sing this song, All Hail King Jesus. There was a moment when the lights went out take a moment to ask you do you have a, right now a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus with God do you really know him you see what Jesus did was he took away that curtain he took away that barrier and he made it possible for you to walk out of darkness and into his light and He'll forgive you. It's no longer about what you have done. Watching online, it's not about what's been done to you. Now, it's all about what has been done for you by Jesus. You say, Steve, how do I get right with God? You invite Him in. You pray a prayer. And here's what He'll do. He'll forgive you of all of your sin and all of your mistakes and all of your shame. And He'll give you meaning and purpose for your today. And best of all, He'll give you eternal life forever with Him. And all of that comes from one prayer. Saying, Jesus, just like the centurion did, I believe in you. Maybe you're in this room or watching online and there was a time when you walked with Jesus. But if you're really honest, you've grown cold in your heart, drifted away, or maybe even walked away. The good news is, He's incredibly gracious. He still loves you. And friend, today, you can still come back to Him. I can't think of a better day for people to get right with God than Good Friday. This is your moment, friend. Here's what I'd love to do. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And this is for everyone in this section, in this section, and in this section. And if you know you're not right with God, but you want to be, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna say this prayer together. But I would love to know who's making this prayer because it's real from your heart. And here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask everyone to bow your heads. Just close your eyes. Friend, this is a private moment between you and God. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And when I count to three, if you want to get right with God, if you want to pray that prayer, then when I count to three, all across this room, just raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. Then you can put it back down. 
we're all going to pray together. This is your moment, friend. When I count to three, if that's you, all across this room, you raise your hand. Are you ready? God loves you. He died for you. Are you ready? One, two, three. That's it. Just slip it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, people's hearts are open to God. Let's all pray, repeat after me this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. We just pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for every individual, for every hand and every heart. And right now, I want to thank you that on this Good Friday, their sin is gone. They've walked into your light and to the new life you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, why don't we congratulate people in every section that responded and people online. For everyone in the room, I'd encourage you two things. Number one, come back to church. Come back on Easter Sunday. It's going to be amazing. The other thing, we'd love to give you a Bible. This is free. It's a gift from us to you. Our team have come especially to meet you and to give this to you. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but if you prayed that prayer as you leave, just go up to someone and they will give you a Bible and it's going to help you. So come on, one more time. Let's congratulate those people. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.